Welcome to part two of episode 31 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. In part two, I continue to converse with Jacob Timpano about his football journey. Thanks again to Jacob and his family for allowing me into their home. My respect and thanks goes out to them. Please enjoy the second part to episode 31. So, World Cup was in Holland, um, and we 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 had a we had a decent. We actually had um, Benin, Benin, who were an African country. Um, we actually had the Netherlands yeah. um, and Japan. Um, and first game against Benin was probably a game we had to win. We ended we drew one all um, against Benin, Benin, um, which opening game of world cup it's not a disastrous result but um you know a, a win would have really set us on our way because we're coming up against holland in the second game and obviously being the host nation that was that was yeah, that was a huge game and um yeah there's some sort of big names in that team as well uh, uh, Babel, um uh, the, the players so going back you know we were we were a bunch of aussies that would you know we were being parts of camp etc yep. but we come up against a, a dutch team that had players that a month or two before, played Champions League for Ajax. Um, so it was, you know, it was not intimidating, but just the comparison of where those players were at to where what our guys were doing. Um, we actually got beat by Holland two or three nil. It was a bit of a touch up, but again, that was a, a packed house, twenty, thirty thousand in Orange, and again, what an experience for us. Um, but yeah, obviously, we got a, disappoint, a disappointing result. But that was, um, again, I've got. I've got the DVD of that game yeah. as well, um, so that was yeah, a disappointing result. Um, my dad and brother actually travelled to Holland as well, so they they had a super experience um, at that one. But we come up against Japan in the last game. We had to win to progress um, to the round of sixteen, and we were winning one nil, um, and. We conceded. It was about the 90th minute we conceded. So I just remember Justin Passfield was actually he was in goal. So and again, Justin was number one goalkeeper ahead of Danny Vukovic and Adam Federici in our under 20 squad. So that sort of showed the level that, that he was at. Um, and yeah, we conceded. He conceded a goal in the 90th minute. I remember it clear as day. It was a, it was a corner set piece. Ball yeah. dropped. I think they had a strike. Justin got a, a decent hand on it, but it sort of trickled over the line and that. That sort of that put Japan through um, instead of us along with Holland. So that was yeah, that was gut wrenching because I think at the time we actually we were quite a decent team. I said some I said some players before, um, but we we were we were quite strong and we expected to get through there. And um, I think if we had a if we had a snuck through, we could have gone on and, and done something quite special. But you know, reflecting on it, I think again during that time. Just example against a Japanese team. Most of their players were playing J League regularly, and again, our guys weren't playing any competition. We were just you know, a group of players that were training together. So it did um, um, sort of cost you guys in a sense that that transition period was, even though you had camps and and did help enormously. It, it still doesn't beat playing in your own national league or in Europe or, yeah. or wherever. You know, it's exactly right, and it, 
I, I suppose everyone probably remembers the famous Craig Foster and Ange Postacoglu debate on SBS. Yeah, no, I've, and that, I've seen it. And that was quite awkward, yeah, actually. Yeah, and that was during that time. And, and being a player and actually being part of that environment and, and understanding how difficult it was to to compete against um, sort of European and, and Asian and South American nations, um, you know, the coaches, that were Ange particularly because he was he was head of the teams at the time he was putting groups of teams together but again during that time no player had was playing competitive football anywhere and we were getting thrown up against european teams that had players playing top leagues in europe and in those environments so it was it was a very difficult time for for australian football because a lot of players just weren't they didn't have the opportunity to play um until the A-League started again. And, and even before that, um, you know, there was probably wasn't as many players playing first grade in the National League as, as there should have been because, yep. um, yeah, it was obviously hard to break into. But, um, yeah, it was it was obviously a tough time for Australian football. And then I think that's around the time that we, if, um, we, we got into the Asian Confederation yep. and then... Um, you know, we were always qualifying for World Cups at that time because it was through Oceania and we were expected to. Um, so then we obviously went into Asia and, and that was... Uh, I think that's probably been a great move because it gives players more exposure to international football and qualifications, but it's also been a bit more difficult to qualify for those World Cups now as well. So um, you then had to sort of, I guess, put that disappointment aside um, and then, I guess... For a lot of you guys, um, it's a new league, and and Sydney FC, you know, we can talk about Sydney FC, and part of us, or part of me, thinks of, you know, the A League that's been around a, a while now. But then it was brand new, um, you know. Even though the best players in the country were playing, it still must have been a bit weird to sort of, how's this league going to go? Um, what's happening here in that sense? Yeah, it was. Um... Yeah, it was new and everybody was probably a little bit sceptical of how it was going to go. Um, but Sydney FC obviously made quite a bit of noise early on and, and made some big signings and bringing Aussie guys back from Europe. Um, yeah, guys, Steve Corica, Dave Drillage, those sort of guys. Um, and then obviously the big signing of Dwight York early on. So with that stuff happening, you obviously knew that it was going to be something special. So that made you feel a bit, I guess, more comfortable yeah, about what yeah, you'd signed up you, to? Yeah, you'd, you'd, yeah, I suppose people's minds were put at ease, and um, once yeah, it was new and it was fresh, and probably you know, people didn't know exactly what to expect. But I think at Sydney, especially, I had a couple of I had some, I could have um, had an offer to go to Mariners, Melbourne Victory. At the time, again, the Australian under twenty players had it. You probably could have picked pick whichever yep. club you wanted to go to because that's you know it was a requirement to have some young boys. Obviously, Sydney was closest to home for us, and. Um, you know, Ian Crook being part of the Aussie setup and, and knowing us was a, was an easy decision. And Sydney, yeah, obviously making a lot of noise and you know, we're, we're planning on being the biggest club, which ended up happening and probably still is as it is today. But um, yeah, once look, it wasn't all um, roses early on. Like pre, uh, you know, we had a training base out at Park Lee, and it wasn't. Park Lee, was, everybody knows Park Lee, but back then Park Lee wasn't a, you know, a super setup, so that's yep. where we were training and, and based. And but SFS was the home ground. But yeah, we got through pre-season, and then um, yeah, once um, 
the so during that preseason, actually the under twenty World Cup was on, and then we come back and preseason had started. Um, so it was a, it was a grueling preseason because it was quite long, and then Pierre Libarski, obviously the the was the inaugural coach at the yep. FC, and um, it was a German, obviously very demanding, but um, a very good coach. So uh, yeah, again a, a great experience at the time and. Um, the first game of the A League we played against Melbourne Victory at home, and I think that was I was on the bench. Uh, first few games of the inaugural A League season, I was on the bench, but that was it was almost a packed house. And I remember Dwight York scored um, the first goal, and, and crowd erupted, and then obviously just yeah, kicked on from there. And um, yes, we obviously went on to have a great season. Yeah, well, that inaugural season uh, culminated in a grand final. Was that right? Yeah, so we won the grand, the inaugural grand final. We didn't win the premiership. Adelaide United won the premiership, yep. but um, look, we were we were we were tipped to. As I said Sydney FC made a lot of noise, and were, it was Bling FC once Dwight York come and yep. um, you know the players we we had. Um, yeah, we were expected to to be the best, and Sydney FC and, and the people in charge of Sydney FC expected us to be the best. So then there was there was actually a lot of pressure on the on that group at the time because um, nothing but winning was sort of acceptable, and, and that was installed by obviously the people in charge at the club. But Pierre Libarski was a winner, um, but sometimes it's not easy to handle those expectations. But that year we we had a we had a lot of experience in that in that squad. Um, Clint Bolton was a goalkeeper. Um, obviously, had Mark Rudin, Dave Drillich, Steve Corica, Dwight York, uh, Alvin Checkers was there, Sash Petrovsky, um, Matthew Bingley, Terry McFlynn, Dave Carney. So we actually, really looking back at, we had, we had a very good squad. Um, I wasn't part of the starting lineup in the first few games. Again, I was yep. obviously a younger member of the squad, but I think it was round three or round two or three. Mark Rudin got injured. Um, so I got the opportunity to start. It was a way to um, Queensland Raw. It was Queensland Raw at the time. Um, I remember I scored an own goal in the first half, and we were down one nil. Um, we went on to and I, we went on to win the game two one, and I played quite well. And um, yeah, I held my position for the rest of the season um, alongside Ian Fife. Mark Rudin was the captain, so I kept Rudes out of the team for pretty much the whole season, and then. Um, Obviously, Adelaide won the league. We were we were runner up, um, but in the major in the semi final against Adelaide, um, I got injured in the first leg um, in Adelaide. I come yep. off injured just before half time, so that wasn't until then that Mark Rudin got come on, and and then the second leg was in Sydney against Adelaide to qualify for the grand final. Um, and Rude scored the winner um, to send us to the grand final, and. And at the, obviously, I was disappointed to miss the game, and yep. I thought, oh, you know, that I'm not going to get an opportunity to play in the grand final because um, I was just getting fit, um, but I wasn't obviously fit for the second leg. There was a two-week break between the, that yep. semi and the grand final, so I, I trained hard, and um, I remember the that week leading up to the grand final, we went into camp or for a few days out to into Narrabeen, um, and I, I, di- I didn't expect to... To even, I was hoping to get on the bench. Yep. That was my, my. I just wanted to be part of the grand final. But I remember a couple of days out, Pierre Libarski come to me and said, "Oh, you know, how are you feeling?" I said, "Yeah, I'm back training. I'm, I'm feeling okay." And he said, "You know, we'll, 
you're going to play in the grand final. And I was actually a bit surprised because I said Mark Rudin was the captain. He'd come back into the team and he'd done, done very well. And I actually thought, okay, well, he's, he's going to have Rudes out of the team and put me back in. But then we went to training and, and he actually took Ian Fife out of the team and put yep. me alongside Mark Rudin. And Fife, he had played every game all year. He hadn't missed a game. And I was only, again, I was only 18, um, 18, 19. Um, and I remember I thought to myself, wow, he, he's... It's a big call, but he's obviously it was a you know, he had confidence in me that yeah. you know, that I could I could deliver on the on the grand final day and was happy with how you know what I'd done through the year was enough to um, give me that opportunity to play in the grand final. But I also felt a bit um, I thought wow how how Ian Fife would be feeling. He played every game all year, um, but anyway I yeah got the opportunity to start in the grand final and and that was that's another probably highlight of my career against the Mariners. Um, at the SFS. Yeah, no, I was, um, I was there. It was a, I think it was a hot day from memory. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we started the game. We actually, Mariners Mariners started um, like a house on fire. We were under the pump. Um, and I hadn't played for, I said, a, a few weeks. I, 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 was, yeah, I was gassed. I was, you know, I was, I was feeling it early on and got my second wind. Um, once we settled into the game and then obviously Steve Corica scored that goal in the second half and we went up 1-0. Um, and I think I said earlier that was such an experienced team that in that position I don't think we we're ever going to lose that game I actually come off with cramps with about 10 minutes to go I was battling with cramps early in the second half and um, yeah I got through and it wasn't long after Corica scored his goal I started to struggle but I think about yeah, 10 or 15 minutes to go um, I couldn't go anymore so I had to come off and um, yeah we went on to yeah, get that grand final, and that's a yeah, obviously the highlight of my career. So, um, you know, you, you kept your spot and and made the grand final team, so it must have been quite fulfilling. But uh, just going back on those sort of team dynamics, though, is it just an unwritten rule in professional sport that when a selection is made, that it's just not spoken about? And then, even though you privately had thoughts of, geez, I feel for Fifey, um, you know, but I've got a I want to play. Do you just not saying, or do you do you feel some tension there at times, or is it just no? We're professional. This is a job. We get on and train and, and deal with whatever the coach or manager wants. Yeah, I think that that's it. I mean, privately, I, you know, obviously, when it happens to you or when it happens to others, I'm sure. I know privately, yeah, you're pissed off and whatever. But yep. like, good example of that is I said I took Mark Rudin's spot early on in that season, and he was captain of of the team. Um, but he was he was like very supportive of me and and yeah. he was someone that you know helped me along as well same position um look i got no doubt inside you know he would have been very disappointed the way you know that he wasn't playing but yeah. you know you're part it's a team sport and and that's um you know that's what it's about you it's probably you don't speak to each other about it a lot it's a, it's your job if you get you know you get selected you play if you're not selected it's your job to to keep pushing the other players along so um yeah, look, it happens in teams where where you know those sort of things happen and and it goes pear shaped and players spit the dummy and whatever. But I think if if you're a true professional and um, you know you're you're a team member, you you, you know you do what's best for the team and that's yep. to to work hard and and train hard and do your job. And when your opportunity comes, you take it. And you know if you if you get dropped out of the team, you just you work hard and um, you know you encourage your teammates. And I think that that group dynamics and cultures what. You know, our team's about, and, and we're, we're fortunate to have that. And so, the 
I'd obviously ask about Dwight. How how was it to interact with someone of his caliber in terms of being around him at training and, and sort of um, watching them play in front of you? Uh, how, how was the experience of interacting with him and playing with him? Yeah, look, he obviously when he when the that signing was made, everyone was yeah, like, wow, you know, he he was coming out of the Premier League. Um, he got to Sydney and yeah, obviously a bit of, a lot of fanfare and he's a big name. Um, but he was oh, look, he was a great he was a great guy. He he come in um, look, he wasn't used to going from sort of you know playing at Old Trafford to training at Parkley. Um, <laughs> but he he was set up there in 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 Piermont, right in the casino, in an apartment looking over the harbour. And yeah, he he obviously he earned that over you know with the career he had. But he come in and he had the reputation of possibly being a, you know, a party guy and whatever, but he was, he was the ultimate pro and he, he was, he worked harder than anyone. He was first out on the training pitch. He was, he'd stay back and do extras. He was, um, yeah, he was a great team guy. He obviously, um, with the career he had, um, he, he, you know, he enjoyed, he enjoyed himself off the park as well. And he, and he looked after the players, you know, off the park, he'd, he'd you know, take the group out for dinner. He'd take them out for, for nights out, he you know he he was a great team guy. But when it come to to the football side of it, he was he was the ultimate pro. Um, and yeah, look, he he delivered that first year, and, and he was obviously that that strong that he he went back and he actually went back and played in the Premier League yeah. after the first year for um, where did he go? Sunderland, I think he might have gone. Yeah, I forget where yeah, he went, but yeah, he might have gone to Sunderland. So to go, yeah, so to come here. Do what he did in the A League, and then go back to the Premier League. Sort of showed what level he was at. And and what about the the rest of your time there at Sydney FC? Because I guess it's hard to sort of beat that inaugural year where you did what you did. Um, you know, uh, how, how do you sort of view the rest of your time at Sydney FC? Yeah, look, that was I was probably at my peak then. That's when I, you know we won the grand final. I was. Um, part of the Oli Roo squad as well so that was aiming for the 2008 Beijing Olympics I was captain of that squad actually Graham Arnold was the coach um, and again that was a you know, similar group of players that had come through those under 17s under 20s but I was fortunate to be um, yeah that, that was that was probably when my career peaked really um, yep. I'd won the grand final with Sydney I played regularly I was captain of the Oli Roos under Arnie um, after that first year, Sydney, I started having some um, groin groin issues. So, um, yeah, I had surgery and yeah, didn't recover great from that surgery. So my second year at Sydney um, was pretty much non-existent. I didn't play a game. I was recovering from surgery and I was trying to. Again, my main focus was probably getting back to obviously the play, but we also had a under a, a Olympic campaign yep. coming up. Um, and I was a big part of that squad, or was going to be a big part of that squad. But yeah, the injuries crept in. I had surgery. Um, I'd signed a two-year deal initially with Sydney, but I hadn't. The second year, I hadn't played at all. Um, but obviously, Sydney backed me, and, and they gave me another two-year contract. Yeah. Um, so that second year, um, uh, Terry Butcher come in, um, and then yeah, didn't play there. Play that year, got another two-year contract. Um, and then, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, more injuries. I had a back injury. I think I fractured my foot. So for, for pretty much two years, um, I didn't play a game, and that 
ended up ruling me out of Oliroo contention and, and I missed the Olympics, the qualifiers and the Olympics of 2008. So that for me, that was a big uh, gut-wrenching time. So how did that affect you mentally? You know, um, you know, it would have, for anyone in their vocation as well as, I guess it was a crossover, this is your job, but it's a passion as well. And, and to sort of see yourself sort of, pursuing a certain line and then it not sort of eventuating because of just random injuries where you know it's outside your control to a certain yeah, extent how, it was, how were you feeling mentally yeah it was it was a very tough time i mean i yeah for a couple of years i'd spent the majority of my time you know, in the physio room in the gym in the pool and when it's your, yeah it is your job and that's your full focus and I, yeah it, it's difficult i i'm sort of obviously past it now but I, at the time it, it's hard but you're still in that environment. You're showing up every day. You got the support of your, you know, your teammates, your coach, and obviously the club had faith in me to give me another contract while injured. Um, so you're just doing your best to get fit. And um, yeah, I said the had the Ollie Roo stuff at the time, and and I was captain of that squad. But ultimately, because I hadn't played football for a long time, I'd sort of ended up finding my. You know, I didn't even get an opportunity to get back yeah. in that squad because I wasn't playing and, and fit. Um, yeah, so it's tough. You know, the clubs do you know, everything they can with you know um, uh, mental coaches, and you work on stuff like that. So, yeah, look, I was for me, I'm one that just I just go. It is what it is. You just yep. keep working hard. You you show up, but but it is tough. Um, but after the sort of second and third year, I <clears throat> I got myself um, back to a level, and um, the fourth year. Uh, John Cosmina come in and I remember his pre-season um, program he, I spent a lot of time with the strength and conditioning coach and I got myself um, back to a good level and that year I started the uh, first yeah, two or three games four yeah. games then I I got an ankle injury which required surgery so again I was unfortunate ended up missing the whole fourth season or basically most of the four, whole fourth season at Sydney FC recovered from the ankle injury and then um, that's when the A-League expanded and the Fury and Gold Coast come in um, so again I hadn't played much football for three years but the Fury Ian Ferguson was coach of the Fury and um, they offered me a contract to go up to North Queensland and again Sydney did give me the opportunity to stay at Sydney, although I'd played two or three games in three years. So that again, that showed a lot of faith in yeah. me, and they, they 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 believed in me. But it was a tough decision at the time. But I just thought I've had three years of sort of hell of injuries. Might be time to get away, get up into a warmer environment. Who knows? That might help yep. the body as well. Um, fresh start. Um, so I made the decision to go up to to the Fury. Um, there was uh, obviously a few Sydney FC boys that, that went up there. Robbie Middleby who was at Sydney went up there. Yep. Um, Ufuk Tale. Um, and then obviously I've become very good friends and one of my best mates, Justin Passfield, yep. who went up there. Um, so it was sort of an exciting time. I'd never been to Townsville. A lot of people were, were not so much with the fury, but were just saying, oh, no, I don't go to Townsville. It's not much chop, blah, blah. But um, what I can say now is and that's one of the best times of my life in Townsville I yep. loved it made some friends for life up there it was a great place again football didn't really go to plan for me that's you know injuries again and that's ultimately where my A-League career finished but um, yeah it was a memorable time up in Townsville loved it it was yeah, a great place Queensland was um, 
yeah, North Queensland especially, just a nice place to live. It was a yeah, good environment, great bunch of boys, made some really good friends um, up there in the team. Um, some friends that were you know, just in Townsville. I've visited Townsville since uh, since I moved back home. Um, but yeah, that was just an exp- just a life experience as yep. well, living somewhere different and and yeah, had a yes. Yeah, although the football didn't go to plan, had a, had a super time up there. And um, yeah, it was sad that the Fury sort of didn't end up staying in the league because I think it could have been um, very successful up there because it's a very big sport in town. Yep. They've obviously only got the Cowboys up there now. But at the time when we were there. Um, the Cowboys were actually in the league. The Crocs were in the in the basketball, and we were the soccer team. And it's a, it's a similar town to Wollongong. Yeah, probably more passionate about their sport. Although Wollongong's very passionate, and it's a bit smaller. And they treat their sport in teams and players like, literally like like gods. And and, <laughs> and we yeah we were we loved it. We we got looked after in Townsville, and yeah, it was a super time. And so obviously injuries sort of. Uh, plagued plagued your time there and then there was even sort of you had to you had some time in the Queensland MPL is that is that right yeah so <clears throat> there wasn't youth team youth teams oh no there was youth teams but the, the Fury didn't have a youth team at the time so um, yeah I had some injuries up at Fury and the most difficult thing up there was that there wasn't a youth team so I didn't have an avenue to get fit and come back yep. in so there was times where I did get you know, myself, I was training, but I hadn't played for a while, so obviously it was difficult to put me back into the team. Um, but the yeah, the Razorbacks, they were called North Queensland Razorbacks, they were their state league team, Townsville State League team up there. So there was an agreement between the Fury and Razorbacks that you could loan loan players there. So I played maybe half a dozen games in the Queensland MPL, and it was um, yeah, it was definitely. It's not like the New South Wales MPL; it's more of probably closer but you're to trying a, to transition back yeah to you're trying to transition team. back into first team and um yeah played a few games there it actually it's funny there there you, you actually have to travel on a on a plane in their mpl because from townsville to brisbane's a um yeah a flight and it'd be a 10 plus hour drive or down to the gold coast or the sunshine coast so it was actually i had a cool couple of months playing there but i was still training with the fury and yeah, just yeah. playing with the razorbacks and um yeah, it gave me an opportunity to get back playing, um, which I did, and I started to get myself fit. Um, <clears throat> but interest after the first year, I had a two-year contract at the Fury. After the first year, the um, the owner of the Fury handed his license back to the FFA. So the FFA held the license, and what it meant was that the contracts of those players, pretty much all contracts were null and void. So yeah. the FFA basically then, for the second year, they brought in a new coach and, and the contracts that initially were signed with the owner for whatever reason were you know finished and yep. so I, I i hadn't played um and again i hadn't played not just that year but i hadn't played for a few years so um yeah i pretty much lost my second year of the contract which was disappointing at the time and i remember that well, i wasn't the only one in that though there was a few more than a few boys that had two-year contracts and and the pfa went into bat for us and it was actually a drawn out process a bit bit of a stressful process because we had a contract and you know we're on not not loads of money but it was a contract and you know with a, if you've got a mortgage and a, yeah, and a, and your a home loan and yeah. you, you're expecting to to see that money so we had a, a battle for a for a while with that we ended up getting i think we got a third of our contracts paid which which wasn't too bad in the end um because then i yeah I, i'd moved back home and i played out the season with sydney united 
David Drillich was coaching Sydney United at the time and it was about midway through an NPL season and I wanted to come back to the Wolves but they weren't travelling quite well and Sydney United were towards the top. So I thought, you know, if I'm going to try to get back into an A-League environment, if I've got to go back there, play as much as I can and hopefully play for a team that was in finals football. Um, So I went to Sydney United for half a season um, and because I'm good mates with David Drillich as well, so he gave me the opportunity to go there. So that was at a Denzer Park? And, yeah, at Denzer Park. I guess Marconi, you call the Palace, and I guess the Croatians would would call that one of yeah, the uh, premier um, grounds in Australia. Yeah, they, they do. It was, yeah, look, it's, it's, uh, yeah, 10 games there. It was probably not not my type of environment, to, to put yep. it simple. Um, but, yeah, played there. Uh, we... we made the semis I think we got beaten in a penalty shootout in the semis so um, I was hoping to sort of you know get back into the A-League but didn't get an opportunity at that time so then I yeah I was home in Wollongong and um, signed on to play for the Wolves Trevor Morgan was coaching the Wolves so I thought you know I've got to get myself fit I still had the ambition at that time to get back playing professionally but um, uh, yeah signed for the Wolves and then played um maybe three three or four years in, in, the, in the State League for the Wolves. Um, during that time, I, I got myself fit and I was I was hoping to get back in the professional environment. But I think, obviously, because I was part of the A-League for six years, basically five years, and I only really had played you know, two years of it, really, yeah. in the scheme of things. I think, yeah, it, it was very hard for a club or a coach to take, take another punt on me, although I was probably fitter then than I, I had been. But... You know that that's the way it goes, and I yeah played out my days with just with the Wolves in the NPL. So it was more of a, I guess, a perception that people had that because you'd only played the sort of two and a half out of six seasons when you were in the A League that mm, we're not going to take a risk, even though the reward, like you said, your body was better. And, yeah, and you could have done the role. Yeah, I worked extremely hard during that time when I come back to to Wollongong after North Queensland to get my body right, and and I and I did, and I, I was. I was actually, yeah, I was probably fitter than I was when I was, you know, in my prime. But look, as a coach now, I probably I've looked at players that have had an injury history and gone, yeah, it's probably not not worth a punt, you know. So yep. I can understand, um, you know, what what coaches or clubs would have been thinking at that time, and um, yeah, and then it sort of got to that stage where not many opportunities were coming up, and I sort of was consigned to the fact that yeah, look, it's probably my professional days are probably over, and you know, just played out those days days with the Wolves and yeah during that time started because uh, you started coaching the junior team yeah I started working with the SAP and uh, with Football South Coast and I started doing my coaching badges um, doing stuff with, a little bit for the Wolves juniors and myself and my brother started our soccer man business and um, yeah it was sort of during that time I was playing and I was enjoying playing for the Wolves and um, I had yeah Trev, Trevor Morgan coached and Lloydie coached and I obviously I, yeah, I grew up with the Wolves so it was you know, you're very comfortable and um, yeah I sort of realised that yeah, it's probably going to be difficult to get back playing professionally during that time I did go to um, had a couple of opportunities in some places that I probably could have you know, India and Indonesia there was yep. you know, a lot of players were sort of a lot of fringe players and yep. were sort of going to those sort of places and yeah I was at that stage where I thought you know I've I've played professionally do I really want to go somewhere like that and a lot of guys go there and they struggle with the um, the environment although I did go to um, Thailand I had an opportunity to go to Thailand during that time when I was playing for yep. Wolves in the State League and um, I went to a club Chomburi who were, who were quite a big club in Thailand they, they play in the Asian Champions League um, 
it's a few hours out of Bangkok and I went there for a week and yeah it was just wasn't me it was sort of yeah it was in third world country was living in the middle of nowhere and um yeah I was at the stage where I just thought it's probably it's probably time that I just go home and and focus on yeah, just keep playing for the Wolves and focus on moving forward and the rest of my life type of thing. And in terms of um, that sort of period there where, you know, you sort of resigned yourself to the fact that it wasn't going to potentially happen again um, for valid reasons or not valid reasons, but did you think to yourself, is this where I still love the game of football and that's where, you know, you started the coaching and, and whatnot? Was that always the plan or that's just sort of, I just want to be involved in football? Yeah, look, I think it was... More just I want to be involved in football and coaching is obviously one avenue which I've taken and I've done bits and pieces of it. But yeah, I think football is in your blood and that's what I know best. And um, you know, I, I want to, I am involved still in football and I want to stay involved in football. But yeah, it was just at that point where I thought, yeah, I've and I was only still young. I was, I'm only 33 now, so I yeah. sort of stopped playing in the A League. I think I finished at North Queensland at probably 24. And I look at it now and really I. I if things went to plan, I'd probably still be playing professionally. Um, so, yeah, look, I just I wanted to stay involved. And during that time, I yeah, did my badges and, um, yeah, started working and um, met my now wife at that time as well. So you sort of, you, you move, yeah, you just move in a little bit of a different direction and you, you focus. For my whole life, my focus was being a professional footballer and football and yeah it got to that stage where I you know I'm, I'm a realist and you, you got to you, you know where you're at and you start um you know looking at you know what else you can do and where where else life's going to take you and like I said I, I don't regret anything and you know, now I've you know you're here got my wife and you know beautiful kids and you, you're at the point where yeah I'm proud of the career I had yeah it should have been a lot better than what it was but it is what it is and um you know, I've been given different opportunities. You know, I look at it; everything happens for a reason. I, I got injured. I, I didn't, you know, play. If I had have went on to do whatever I had, I might not have met my wife. I might yeah, not have yeah. had my kids. So yeah, it's, it is what it is. And 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 yeah, I've had a I've had a great ride. And um, you know, I come back to Wollongong, and this is home for me. So I wanted to yeah make something here as well. And and what about the uh, the Wolves' first grade coaching? You you were there for sort of two and a half years. Um, coaching in the MPL, uh, how did that opportunity three, 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 three? How yeah. did that opportunity arise, and then um, you know um, what was that time like? Yeah, look, so I finished playing um, 2004, end of 2014 MPL season. I had an ankle operation. I'd struggled the year before, had an ankle op um, again, another injury, just a story of you know my career. But I had this ankle op, and my intention was to keep playing. But I got out of the operation. Um, and my ankle was was busted, and it was actually worse than before I went in the op. And I remember going back and seeing the surgeon, and he just said, "Mate, I, yeah, what 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 we seen in there and what we had to do was <laughs> was was one of the, was yeah not normal." And seen a couple of and, and yeah, top tops Tim Musgrove, Kim Slater, these are the top ankle surgeons, and um, yeah, they basically said, "Look, you're you're not playing again. You know that's that's just the way it is." And I and I was hopeful of playing again, but again it wasn't it wasn't to get back playing professionally yeah, yeah. it was just playing so i just thought yeah you know what it's yeah time's up and and literally i can i can hardly run now anyway so i wouldn't have been able to play um i looked at different avenues to you know get it right and 
I still look at avenues even just to get it right so I can go for a run because I can't actually run but I've got no cartilage left and it's it gives me a lot of trouble so I've got other things that I, I need to yeah I need to preserve the ankle a little bit so I can do other stuff so yeah I was consigned to the fact that was the end of 2014 so I, I'd just done my B license as well um and I was coaching the kids and enjoying coaching the kids and I hadn't even really thought about coaching seniors I was only like 28 29 um and then mid through the 2015 season, Noel Arate was coaching yep. with the Wolves. Um, they were struggling a little bit. They were, I think they were second last or second last. And obviously, yeah, things weren't going to plan. But he, yeah, he, it was difficult at the time because there was no home ground as well. And, it's, yep. yeah, yeah, Wolves weren't going through a great stage off the field. Noel was travelling down from Sydney and it was probably just getting a bit too much for him. And um, he decided to to move aside and yeah I remember at the time I was actually it was um, I was lying in bed and Zivko Ristovsky had rang me yep. and um, I didn't know the number and I woke up in the morning had a message said oh you know Jake can you give me a call it's Zivko and um, I rang him up and he said oh look Noel's left last night do you want to come coach the side and I'd never I'd, I'd just finished playing. I was only 28. I was younger than some of the boys in the team and, and some of them were guys, the guys I played with the year before. Um, but I'd done my B licence and I thought, oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm not playing anymore. It's Look, I've never coached before. My intention was to try to do more of an apprenticeship and, and yeah. work with someone and, and, and learn the trade. But like I was as a player, I, I started playing first grade at 16. So I just thought, well, I started playing as a youngster. I might as well start coaching as a youngster. Um First thing I did, I said to him, "Yeah, look, let me. I'll come see you the Sava." I rang, um, I rang Des, and I said, "Des hasn't coached before either, but obviously a mate and trustworthy." I said, "Mate, they want me to go do the Wolves for the rest of the season. They're in a bit of trouble as well because they're struggling. You want to come and help?" And he goes, "Yeah, why not? Why not? You know." Um, I also rang Alfredo Estevez, and you know, obviously worked, I'd done a fair bit of coaching with him as well, and I, he's got he's got a knack about him. Um, you know, and a different style as well, being in the background. So I rang him as well, and he'd been part of the Wolves previously, and I think he'd just been moved on from Albion Park. And I said, you know, do you want to do want to come on board? He goes, yeah, well, you know, you you tell me. And so I went yep. and met with um, Zifko and Andrew Byron that afternoon, and they told me what had happened. And I think it was about twelve games to go. They were in a bit of trouble, relegation trouble yep. as well. Um, and I. I said to him, "Yeah, look, I'm, yeah, I'll take over. Like I don't, I've, I've, don't have the experience as coaching wise, but I, you know, I back myself. I know these guys. I know I probably know how to get the best out of them. Um, you know, I want to bring Des and Alfredo with me. And said, yeah, no worries. So it was that was like a Thursday, and we're playing Blacktown on the Saturday, and um, yeah, Blacktown were on top of the table, um, and they said to me, "Well, do you want to, do you want to start, do you want to take the team this weekend?" and I thought, well, not much I can do this week because <laughs> the, the game was in two days and I said, oh, look, I, yeah, I, I can, you know, or, or whatever. Uh, Jeff Allport was coaching the 20s. I said, Jeff can take him, you know. Or, then I spoke to the boys and I said, oh, why not, you know. Might as well just get in there straight away. Yep. So went down training on the Friday. We'd agreed on the Thursday. Went down training on the Friday. Boys are in. Yeah. I, the boys, I knew a lot of the boys, so they were quite happy to see me there. And I remember the first night I was just, you know, it didn't look like they were having fun. So I think we played touch footy 
just got the boys enjoying themselves a bit and went to Blacktown the Saturday. I, I just kept the same team from the week before. Um, got tailed up 5-0 away to Blacktown, which is always a tough place to go. But in saying that, I, it wasn't. A, it, it, yeah, we'd been there a day. I thought, okay, from Monday, Tuesday, we're going to start. So I went in there, changed a few things around. There was 11 games to go. Um, and our biggest worry was relegation, yeah. basically. Um, changed a few things around. Uh, we went out the next week and I'm not sure we played maybe Blacktown Spartans anyway we won we won we did well anyway we went, we went on to win uh, 8 out of 10 games and we the last home game was against uh, Marconi at Wynn Stadium and Marconi needed to win I think to not get relegated and we had to win to make the semis um and we, we, we won, we, we made the semis. So we, we'd won pretty much nine of 11 games and we made the semis, we, we snuck in. We, uh, we snuck in and we played Sydney Olympic. We got beat in the semis, Sydney Olympic 2-0, but it was a bit, of, it was, yeah, we had a great few months, obviously went in, won a lot of games, thought coaching was easy. No. <laughs> but it, it, it happens. When a new coach comes in, players react differently, players yep. respond, they get a new lease of life. It's normal, it happens everywhere around the world. So... We went in and, and had a yeah had a great few months. We we made the semis. People were expecting us to get relegated, but we, we kicked on and made the semis. And then um, yeah, because obviously we did well. They, I signed a, a two year um, yeah two year coaching extension. And um, yeah, the second year two thousand and sixteen was it was very tough year. But probably probably it's funny, but it's probably it was a tough year. But it's probably one of my um, I'd say it's probably a, a successful year because we had a wasn't a, not a lot of money to spend, um, no training ground. We're training down at Dalton Park, yep. and, you know, middle of winter and poor surface, no line markings, and this is NPL level. We had a low budget. We were probably our budget was probably lower than Premier League clubs. So my goal was to, and I remember it was we can't get relegated here. You know, Wolves weren't in a great position. Um, we had some players, and, and no disrespect, probably that probably wouldn't even start in Premier League teams. And I had a young squad, um, so 2016 was very difficult. But as a year, I'd say it was a success because we didn't get relegated. We just scraped through, um, and I learned a lot from that year as well. So, um, yeah, I think you know to to learn, you need to have you know you need to to go through some tough times as well. So that was a fantastic opportunity for me to. Yeah, see what it's like. The year before, obviously, went in there, won a lot of games. Yeah. Things were smooth. But 2016 was a challenge, and I think it was a challenge that, um, yeah, like I said, it was a challenge. But for, for us, it was a success because we didn't get relegated on a on a, on a a budget that really, um, yeah, probably, yeah, you should. And, and yeah, the yeah, the facilities, everything with it, it was a very tough year. So it wasn't until 2017 that... Um, you know, we were able to, to sign a few more players and, and change things around a little bit and that was a year um yeah, we did we did we did very we would have we did well. We I think we finished on forty something points. Um uh, but we lost the we had a three point deduction for, for playing a player that was supposed to be suspended. Anyway, there was a bit of an error there and we yep. lost three points and it knocked us out of the final. So I think that two thousand seventeen was a year that I think if we um, if we had been in the finals, which we should have, we probably could have gone on to win it because Manly actually took our final spot yep. and they went on to win the grand final. So 
um, that year, I think you know, for me that was a, that was a good year, and you know, we had a good we had a good strong team there. And that year, Nick Montgomery come down and played the second half of the year, um, and did quite well for us. But yeah, that was a that was a good year for me. And then um, obviously because we did quite well, I got the another year in two thousand eighteen. Um, and in, in my mind, that was probably going to be, um, yeah, that would have been my third, or third and a half season, yep. fourth season. So um, that year for me, our, our expectations, we, we wanted to, you know, to obviously win the league. That was our goal because we, we had a strong side. Um, we brought in, uh, Yuzo Toshiro had come in in 2017 and he was our leading goal scorer. And then he, he bought a player that he'd played with, Takura, um, he played over 300 J League games. Um, we we kept Nick Montgomery, um, Luke come in mid year. So we we had a we had a strong team, and and that was 2018 was probably a bit of a disappointment. We should have we really should have done better than what we did. But um, yeah, for me that was yeah three and a half years, and um, you know of, of yeah learning learning on the run really because I didn't really do a, a coaching apprenticeship. But um, yeah, I've had sort of yeah like that four years coaching experience and um most coaches don't start coaching until the sort of late 30s or 40s but yeah definitely i've had to yeah that that experience at mpl level and um yeah we had our second little second child jordan so it was time for me to yeah, step aside and spend more time at home with the family it's, it gets difficult coaching mpl because you're juggling work you're juggling family you're juggling kids and a lot of time goes into coaching MPI. I don't think people realise it. It's it's almost a full time job, and um, it's a competitive league, and and it's getting more professional. Um, you know, so to keep up with the demands, you need you really need to have the time. And and I, I yeah I, I didn't I don't have the time at the moment. So um, so it's more context of your life that sort yeah. of brought about you sort of stepping aside in that sense. Yeah, look, I like I said, and for me, even I think you know coaches at any level i think sort of that that three four five years you usually see you know you, you do need change and we've yep. seen this year luke's come in and 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 you know changed a few things and, and you know what a season we've had yep. and, and and now you know wolves are back where where we should be and um but we you know a lot of work was put in during those years there was some very challenging times um but We've seen some great change, and you know the training facility at Albert Butler now. And yeah, off the field especially. The oh, the field. Are very strong and, and yeah. a, a great, I guess, bunch of directors and and people that work at the club. Yeah, it's um, you know, so they said Tory Laval come in sort of 2017, and we're able to you know strengthen the squad a little bit. Um, he helps the club financially, and then we 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 got Albert Butler, and you know things started, you know things yeah. start to improve, and you can bring some extra players in and. Um, you know, this year you see the surface at Albert Butler. Um, you know, they've transformed that into you know, probably the best pitch now outside of Wynn Stadium in Illawarra. You know, where a couple of years ago it was still dirt, as you'd probably remember it yeah. when the old Campbell Royal play there. But rabbit you know, holes and the like. Yeah, rabbit holes, and that and that's what we were training on. And and you know, people don't see that, and that's one thing. I don't. I don't. I'm not one for excuses. I, I I'd never. I never. Um, you know, make excuses or point blame. But people don't see what. The challenges that um, you know we've had, and not just while I've been coaching, even before me, you know, Lloydie coaching, Trevor yeah. Morgan coaching, the conditions that they had to go through, and the conditions, you know, myself as a coach, people don't don't see it, and, and I look at it now, and, and I actually think 
why 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 did I even bother coaching in, in at Dalton Park in you know this? Well, and, uh, people don't but, understand the Illawarra environment that but, that some uh, Illawarra Premier League clubs. Uh, um, and rightly or wrongly, it's it's whoever you can have your own view on it, but they're spending probably you know a hundred to two hundred thousand, five or six clubs on uh, facilities, coaches, players, and um, and have got better facilities than our MPL team yeah, in the region. That's right, and, and I said it's probably not until this year. I said Campbell Wara, Mick Barnsby from Wind Stadium, he retired, and the, the groundsman he did the Brandon Park back in the day, so he's out at Campbell Wara now. There's a couple of Jamie. McFarlane and Robbie Day, some, they've been involved in the club for a while. So they, they've they transformed Kemble Warrior into, like I said, and that, that that is an MPL setup now. And, you know, um, the pitch is perfect. The players show up. They want to be there. You know, we, we were training at Dalton Park and, um, you know, Campus East and no change rooms. I've got, I've got you know, a J- ex-Japanese international showing up to training and, and getting changed in his car. You know, like that's, at the end of the day, that's not, that's not, um, it's not acceptable. that's not acceptable. And, but those are the conditions that we had to deal with. That's why, I, you know, I look at my time coaching and for me personally, it's successful because in those conditions, I think we, I think we overachieved in those conditions. And you kept the Wolves um, in the NPL. And we kept the Wolves in the NPL. And that's, you know, the people that are close to the club and understand and, um, the reality is, we, we we probably shouldn't should not be sitting in the MPL one at this present time with yep. the challenges that we've faced, and not just while I was coaching before me. I said I mentioned Lloydie before. I played when Lloydie was coaching, and 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 the way Lloydie kept the club and and team in the MPL one was and not uh, Jasper Spencer was coaching with Lloydie at the time, and and I think if any other. I think because people are so proud, we're so proud of the Wolves and the yep. region, and that we will do whatever it takes to to keep the club afloat. People from the outside, they just look at the results and go, "Oh, yeah. you know, he's shit, he's shit," you know. But they don't actually see what goes on in the background, and and that that's I take my hat off to, like I said, the guys that were there coaching before me, even even the volunteers, the directors, yep. the, everyone involved in the club, because it's easy to throw stones, but unless you're in there seeing what the people have got to deal with. Um, and that's said. And this year, the success we've had, I think everybody you know that's been through the the process and all the downs got so much satisfaction out yeah, of it definitely. because um, you know there was a lot of people that put in the yards to you know to keep the wolves get alive the wolves and, and now to to get them to this point. So um, yeah, we're all proud of the way you know um, the club is now and, and the job Luke's done this year and, and hopefully it keeps keeps continuing so you're still um the technical director of the sap program is that right with the wolves yeah so i've done the sap as well since while i was coaching again while i was coaching first grade i was doing the sap as well and it's very you know and and you do it because you love it and you know if i wasn't doing it probably no one would so you sort of i was I'm probably doing too much really but you know because you love the club and, and yep. enjoy the kids and want to see the kids progress and 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 you know, to keep the club going, um, I was doing the sap while I was doing the the, the first seniors as well, and so and and I had Julio and Alfie helping me as well, and and the amount of time and effort those guys have put in for the club as well, you know, people don't don't see that, um, you know, so we're doing the sap, doing the seniors training, sap at Dalton Park, seniors straight after at Dalton Park or out at Kemblewara, and then the weekends sap on a Saturday, seniors Sunday. So it's a it's a big shift, but again, we we all do it because we love it. We enjoy we enjoy it, but we also, you know, we want to see the wolves progress and and we want to see kids enjoy themselves. Um, so yeah, obviously stepped down from first grade, but still 
do the sap and um yeah last year I was able to focus a bit more on the kids um which was good and 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 the kids good that obviously no not not as many stresses and pressures with yeah. with the kids but um yeah it's uh, it's the, the whole club in general from sap through to first grades in in a very good space and you know everyone if you're designated to a role, it's not just that role. As it is with local clubs, you need everyone chipping in and you know help where they can, and um, that's what we do at the Wolves. And we've got a good little crew down there, coaches and and, and admin and directors and um, everyone that you know works hard for the club. And like I said Tory Lavau's come in at the top and obviously financially um, made the club stable. Um, you know Chris Shepherd's come on board and and the work that he's done. Um, and the respect that he's got from you know everyone below, Susan Gatt's been at the club for yeah, years. Um, so people like that, and, and I, I'm a big believer that you know things start from the top, and and if you get the top right, then, then it filters down. And, and I think that's the position that the Wolves are in at the moment, and, and it's great to see. So in terms of you know, like we said, you're still a relatively very young man. Um, you know, do you? You know, obviously, your focus on on your family and work is is important, but you you love your football. Do you still see yourself in the next couple of decades being involved with the Wolves, um, or does part of your mind think, you know, once the kids are a bit bit older, that you might want to get back into senior football? Yeah, it's look, I've, I've just done my A license as well, so I've I've got, let's say, for a fairly young young guy, I've got I've got that experience now as a coach and. Um, yeah, loved it. And look at the at the moment, I I just sort of take it as it comes. If opportunity yep. comes up, you know, you look at it. Um, you know, focuses on the wolves at the moment in whatever roles yep. that may be and helping out the club. And ultimately, we obviously want to get the wolves in the A League. That's yeah, that's definitely. the ambition. Um, but yeah, I sort of I, I I take it as it comes. The families, the kids are young, so I just I, I do what I can. Whatever you know, opportunities there. Um, whatever you know whoever needs a hand even like recently we've had the trials i've helped with the sap trials the junior trials the senior trials so you, you help out wherever and you know we've all got to fill fill gaps at the club which is what we do but um yeah look i, I don't know i've yeah take it as it comes and if opportunities present themselves I, I look at it but i definitely yeah i love football and want to be involved in football and hopefully you know hopefully we get the wolves to a level where you know it's a full-time a-league team um but yeah, look. Whether it's coaching, whether it's football admin, whatever it might be, that yeah, football's what what I enjoy and what I love. So, so do you look back as we sort of come to the end of this uh, interview? And um, once again, thank you to yourself and your wife for allowing me into your home. Um, a lot of respect there and, and a lot of appreciation. But do you look back and and feel super proud in terms of representing your country at various levels, captaining your country, um, and um, you know, you know, forgetting the negatives it's been a, a very much a net positive in terms of your career in terms of sydney fc and and the wolves your continued sort of uh relationship with them you're super proud of all those things yeah i am i, I look back at it i'm yeah look i'm not i'm not one that talks about my career too much i, I sort of look forward and um i've i've been through a lot of experiences that that, that probably most haven't you know um with ups and downs, um, you know, playing, coaching, being involved in different aspects. So I think, um, yeah, look, I'm proud of it and it's probably hard to, to capture it all as well. I've, pro- I've probably missed a lot, but, um, you know, like I said, for me, 
I'm one that, you know, if I see others happy and people like at the Wolves, when I see the kids happy, the parents happy, the supporters happy, that, that makes me happy. And that's what, that's what sort of drives me. Um, you know, when people have got a smiles on their face and they're enjoying, enjoying their, their football and, um, you know, when people want to be at the Wolves and uh, that's what I enjoy seeing. But then, yeah, as far as my career goes, obviously, yeah, proud of it. I don't, I don't think about it too much, but yep. like I said, probably when the kids get older and they ask a few more questions and, um, you know, probably delve into it a little bit more. But yeah, look at I had a good career, I had a short career. I didn't um I didn't have a career that I can retire on, but um that's that's sort of that's the way it goes. And yeah, I, I said I, everything happens for a reason and, and things things, you know, um fall into place as they may and I just yeah, I'm enjoying, you know, still continuing on the journey and um, you know, wherever I can I can lend a hand and, and help and, and guide people and, and you know, help the young kids, or and, and whether it's help the senior players, um, yeah, I, I enjoy it and, and want to keep keep working in football. Well, Jacob, I really appreciate your time. I know I've taken up probably too much, as I always do with all the interviews I do, but um, I can only speak on on the people that I talk to and interact with in the Illawarra, and, and there's a lot of respect and, and appreciation and uh, and love for you and and what you've done um, for the area in 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 the various hats that we've just gone through that you've put on top of your head so um thank you very much for your time and um sincerely appreciate uh having the chance to have a chat with you no i appreciate it um look forward to listening back over i'll I'll make sure my wife listens to it (laughs) thanks mate thanks Rob. there you have it another interview done and dusted Thanks again to Jacob for his time. I respect and appreciate his time. I'm your host, Travis. Goodbye for now.